0: This episode of the Starting With One podcast is dedicated to the memory of my brother Lawrence Bailey. Lawrence passed away recently on December 6, 2021. He was 59 years old. Like me, Lawrence was proud to carry on our father's legacy in the insurance industry. He listened to every episode of the podcast and was always interested in learning more about our guest stories. He remains one of the kindest souls I've ever known. Rest in peace, my friend.
1: Welcome to the Starting With One Podcast Success Leaves Clues series with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that is different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts.
0: Welcome back to the Starting With One podcast, Success Leaves Clues series. Today's episode is sponsored by Life & Legacy Advisory Group. We believe sound financial advice improves people's lives. We are also brought to you by Aria Benefits. We help visionary business leaders to grow their companies through attracting and retaining top talent. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, here with my co-host and business partner, Al McDonald. Al, we're into December now. You getting all ready for the holidays? What are you saying?
2: It's a little bit crazy, isn't it? Another year has gone by. A number of podcasts recorded over the year. And uh, here we are at at the end of another year. I don't know where it goes. And I think uh, the older you get, the faster time goes. But yeah, looking forward to maybe uh, unwinding a little bit over Christmas and spending some time with family. Should be fun. I noticed some uh, chocolates are beginning to show up. Karen in her office sent me a picture saying, "This is
0: waiting on your desk." I was like, "Oh boy, it starts!" And this is why every January, you know, we have that uh, the gym uh, gets a little bit busier every January. Well, (laughs) I'm excited as well. It has been a fantastic year for the podcast, and we met so many great people, and that tradition continues today. Our guest today is Costa Mentis, president of HKC Construction, located in Mississauga, Ontario. And we really have to thank former podcast guest, Emmanuel Ephraimides, for the connection to Costa. It's amazing how small the world is, and we had so much fun with Emmanuel on our podcast, and we're really looking forward to having just a good a time with Costa. So Costa, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you uh, Robin and Al and congratulations on one year of putting this together and, and the success you guys have had and really phenomenal podcast and uh, all the best to you guys heading into another year as well. Well thank you so much well
0: listen before we get started because I, I gotta ask you a question because of course I was poking around your website and and not only do you have a really cool office space I encourage everyone to go check out your office space if you want ideas in terms of design it's really cool But someone in your office also has a drum
1: kit. Who's the drummer? Because I can honestly say I've never been to an office with a set of drums. Pretty cool. I'm glad you channeled in on that. We definitely have a unique office, which kind of matches our unique approach throughout our our business. But there's a couple of musicians in the office. I'm the drummer, part-time and decent at best. And sometimes it's really nice to pound out some songs and some tunes to unwind and loosen up a little bit and get the creative juices flowing. So you know, it's one of many ways of getting your day going and putting some joy and a different kind of spin on your day when you're in the office. So thanks for noticing that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's very cool. And again, I do encourage people, if you're looking for some cool ideas, they've certainly got a cool office space. And uh, I've walked into, oh my gosh, over 25 years, so many offices and you definitely have a cool one. So Costa, I think you've got a really interesting story. You know, we had such a great chat the first time we had our conversation. So let's get into it. Why don't we start with, perhaps tell us about your early part of life and and what drove you to want to work in the construction sector?
1: Well, great question. Like many, you know, Canada is an amazing country that welcomes people from all over the world here. So I'm a son of Greek immigrants into into Canada. And from a young age, I was always drawn into just construction and seeing, you know, the city grow and, and the skyscrapers going up and being part of Toronto is just immense from that side, because as you guys would know as well, you know, you look at the skyline of Toronto back in you know the 80s and you look at it now, all it's filled with is just vision and opportunity and just creativity and all that. And I guess the environment of a growing city and growing up, understanding the values of hard work and seeing it Around me and in my family and and all that, it was just kind of a natural thing that I was drawn to. I always loved playing with my trucks and stuff like that when I was a kid, and, and had my uh, my tool set when I was young. I remember my mom chasing me around. I must have been about seven, eight years old, and I got my first little uh, kid tool set. Which back in the '80s, it wasn't really a kid's tool set. There was really no health and safety features for tools back. <laughs> but, you know, it, it was a legitimate hammer that I was running around with. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm going to start doing some demo around the house. So I cracked some corner beads and, you know, made some holes in the wall and stuff like that. And my mom wasn't too impressed at that time. But, you know, it laid the foundation, I think, to, uh, to where I'm at right now. So it's just a love and joy about building that I had throughout my entire life. And I got to experience those joys growing up. And I was really happy for uh, the opportunities I had. And it, it just led me into where I am right now, which is doing something that I absolutely adore and love.
0: Now, Costa, I also had some of those same toys. So I had, you know, the Tonka trucks, the big yellow Tonka truck. I had the Fisher-Price drill and the whole bit. Now, unfortunately, that, unlike you, that did not translate into any such skills growing up. I am one of those people that cannot do anything with my hands in terms of of building. So thankfully, uh, on your side, it it took a little bit better.
1: Yeah, you know, there was a lot of learning and give and take and you know you just go through the motions, but it's a love that that grew because of the hardships of it too. It's it's you know it's a tough thing. And learning, there's so much intricacies of it. It's so dynamic and diverse of you know all the things that you can do from beginning to end. So it's something that, you know, always stays fresh because you could be doing framing one day and at the end of the day you're doing electrical and and everything kind of in between from start to finish. So Really, it's, it's such uh, an inspiring thing to learn and have a tool set to be able to do multiple things. And, it, you know, it gets the brain going, the creativity going, and, and it really gets the heart pounding at the end of the day. So it's joyous. And I, I'm sure if uh, we meet up one day, Robin, you and I will uh, we'll talk about some home renos that you want done. I'll help you along with them, and we'll, we'll figure things out together. We've got a
0: 45-year-old house with the ugliest basement you've ever seen in your life. So, uh, yeah, I think we'll definitely uh, chat at some point about that.
1: <laughs> Sounds like you have a beautiful canvas in the making there.
0: See, that's the way to look at it. That's why I need to chat with someone like you. Exactly.
2: Your mother probably didn't realize all the groundwork that she was laying as she was allowing you to go around and destroy the house. But uh, things obviously worked out pretty well. Can you talk a little bit about? And you, you alluded to it in your answer. As creative and inspirational, the things that you talk about. What are some of the things that you faced obstacles with? What are some of the hardest parts of the journey that you found building up your company?
1: I guess always the hardest part is failure, right? Things that you can't control that are out of your control that you rely on. Typically, you rely on other people. In construction, it's all about being a team, and, and no one's going to build anything by themselves. Right from the start, from design to conception, from basically cradle to grave. There is so many people that touch something and you're relying on everybody. So it's it's a group and team effort. So that brings hardships. But also building a, a company or building a business is very much in construction as well. As um, It sounds like Rob can attest to this, Robin can attest to as well is that there's failures and, and some things you try to build and it doesn't work the way that you want and you have to redo things or you're not happy with things. So it's a lot of learning along the way and that kind of stuff that you can't control, that you just have to roll with. But out of that stress, you know, we have a term in our office that the largest stresses for us are actually welcome because stress ultimately builds diamonds. So it's not a bad thing. It's what will get you to you know, the top of your performance, I guess, overall. On the long term, it's, it's learning from all those difficulties and stuff like that. So I've had the appreciation of them, and I've been lucky to go through some hardships along the way, personally and and business wise. And I think it's, it's contributed dramatically to who I am today. And, and I'm proud of that.
2: I love the point that you you made about failure. I quite often I tell my kids, I say, if you're never failing, you're probably not trying hard enough stuff. You're not always supposed to succeed. (laughs) You know, you're supposed to fail. And that's how you learn. We had talked earlier though, Costa, and, and I remember this previously from our conversation, some of the challenges you had during COVID, what it meant for you and your staff. Do you want to share a little bit about how you worked with your staff during the beginning of COVID?
1: Sure. Just like many businesses, I'm sure you guys are the same. And it was something that was unprecedented for us. We weren't prepared for it. Going into it in the beginning, you didn't know how deep it would run or what the government would do to kind of tame everything down and all the limitations it would it would put on you. I guess across the entire community of, of business, it's the same. But in our sector, things were touch and go. We were stop and go, you know, projects would be okay And then, you know, you would pull back or, you know, somebody might test positive or something like that. They'd shut everything down. And, and then also the fear, right. Of the unknown and, and change as well. And having to go through what we went through in terms of closing down the office and having guys not want to be on site or anything like that, because it was a scary time and people are kind of navigating this uniquely in their own individual way. So I think a lot of it is, when you have a team, you know, you can never be a ruler and say this is the way or a dictator and say this is the way it is. But in this particular instance with COVID, it's just, there's so many different thoughts and how people want to approach things out there that, you know, there's so much diversity in approach. It's really tough to kind of say, okay, this, this is what works for everybody. So I guess the toughest thing was figuring out what would work for the majority. And then that was still always really fluid and trying to, you know, get better with things and keep things moving in a positive direction and uh, try to accommodate everybody and all their needs. For us, we know that a lot of jobs were put on hold, that meant cash flow was put on hold, but bills were still coming in. There was something really good happening here. There was a really dynamic group and there was a lot of opportunity before March 10th, I believe, when everything got shut down. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of that positive movement had to come to a stop so from a c-suite level i guess or from the ownership level that hurts tremendously financially but also just seeing that positive flow that you've worked so hard to get and like you know it's like rolling a a big boulder up a a hill or something like that and and you get to that point where you know it's like a tipping point or an inflection point of being able to get down that hill, everything's gonna become easier for you. And we, I felt as a company we were getting there and then this happened. Uh, so all that positive movement caught, put on hold in that and that hurt us more, I think personally and seeing what we've built had to be put on hold. but as a company as a whole that you know obviously with with jobs and stuff like that being put on hold that it hurt us financially. So we did the best that we could for our employees. The other thing, the other aspect is when you're sitting at home and there's no movement and people start questioning, people in the organization start questioning as rightfully they would, you know, it's their careers and their livelihoods here. And, you know, there's other people or other companies in the sector that were allowed to keep on going. And those companies rightfully so were allowed to keep on going. But what that created was an upper hand, I guess, to them as well, where a lot of companies were stagnant. And because of that, we lost talent along the way, because this talent sat there and said, well, these other companies are, are working, they're progressing, there's more opportunity, they're hiring, there's more opportunity there. So uh, a lot of people moved on, unfortunately, right? So not only do you have these limitations set on you, and these parameters set on you from the pandemic, but the outcomes of those, you know, the realities of it are that you get shorthanded, or you get behind the eight ball, you get pushed back. And it wasn't just a couple steps back. First and, and goal became like fourth and 20, right? So it wasn't the best of times. But again, out of diversity and out of stressfulness, you come out on the other side. And I think we're seeing it now in the last few months where it's tremendous for us, the opportunities that we're getting and what we've learned and we've become a harder group and a more trustworthy group too. Out, out of all that, the people that we've kind of gravitated to and are still around are bringing their A-games and, and like there's a vendetta now of let's catch up and let's let's do something that we were meant to be doing almost two years ago. And so it's put a little bit of a, a skip in our step and a uh, chip on our shoulder saying, you know, we got to break through and we've gone through all this. And if we can get to the next couple months or the next kind of step here, we're unstoppable. So I think I hope anyways that a lot of companies that had to go through this is now at that point again. And, you know, it's just that positive vibe of, you know, we've gone through it and now we've, we've hopefully gone through the worst. And if we can do that, we can do anything. And I'm hoping that a lot of companies are feeling that and that we come out of this all together as a better you know sector, a better province, a better Canada, a better globe. A lot of things happened during that pandemic. I think that was really good for mankind, for humanity. And we just got to draw on those and, and go forward with them.
2: I'm glad you shared that because uh, I remember in our our previous conversation we we touched on that a little bit and I thought that that you had a great perspective so I'm I'm glad you shared that with us here. Thank you. There's so much in that answer and I'd like to unpack a little bit and actually leads into my next
0: question but I loved your analogy because I think I think so many entrepreneurs and business leaders are going to be able to relate to that pushing that boulder and you're almost at the peak where you know you know a couple of more pushes and you get that you know that snowball effect that momentum. Going and it's funny as you were telling that story, I was sitting here thinking back to a couple of years ago, and I remember going into the boardroom with my business partners Alan, Joe, and I had written something called Vivid Vision, and it was a three-year you know you step into a time machine. Here's how the company's going to look in three years, and I remember being so nervous about presenting it to the guys because we've always had the agreement. We came into the business together. We're leaving the business together. So if this didn't make sense to them, that we weren't going to move forward with it. And I remember the guys. Just embracing everything and saying, Yes, this is the next level. Here we go. And COVID hits. And you realize, okay, that's a mulligan year we're gonna have to take. And Al made a really good point. We hit a major same as everybody in the world. We hit a major obstacle in our business. And that three-year plan did not come to fruition because of that. And you can sit back and say, Well, you know, that's because of this. Well, no, that's a failure. We didn't, we didn't get there. And instead of saying, Well, that's it, let's feel sorry for everyone because we're all going through this we pivoted we pivoted and i mean here's an example the podcast we used to do them in person now they're recording via zoom and i find we've been able to pivot and still develop phenomenal relationships i mean costa we have never met in person and yet we've developed a, a wonderful i would say you know a friendship a, a a relationship and here we are having a great conversation so And I loved what you said. You've been able to pivot. You've come out of this stronger. And I've always said, people have heard me, if you listen to this podcast, you've heard me say it many times. I believe adversity really builds character. I've truly seen that with, with a lot of clients and and people that I know, and the ones that have been able to pivot to your point have come out stronger. So maybe talk to us about now that you you've come out of this, you're stronger. What are your company goals going forward?
1: For us, it's always striving for excellence or becoming better and better day in, day out, creating relationships, long-lasting relationships in the industry. Especially now that we've gone through COVID, I think we need to be able to understand that this might happen again or there might be something very similar. So you have to be able to build a company that's sustainable. Sustainable growth for us meant one thing back in 2019. It means something totally different now. Like we have to really look at, these sectors in the market for us that make sense and that that will keep on going or that will at least allow us to diversify our portfolio enough where if we know, for instance, if the commercial sector was lagging, well, the industrial or you know, institutional, definitely as governments tend to pump money in during recessions or bad times, that these are things that we need to really kind of focus on. And be part of at least to kind of defend ourselves during this. So going back to that last kind of dialogue that we were having, that last question about the whole COVID thing, what you do is you're going to incorporate your goals, your future goals into everything that you've learned and stuff like that. And I think internally, that's what we're looking at is making sure this never happens to us again, where we can, that snowball effect that you speak of, you can send that snowball downhill and it becomes a, you know, a monster ball at the end of it. Then there's no stopping it. You know, trees will get steamrolled over and 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 stuff like that. We have internal high expectations of ourselves. And I think rightfully so, because we've got a really talented group. We want to make sure that they're achievable goals because it's nice to have goals, but if you're not achieving them at the end of the day, I think the company kind of culture gets deflated a little bit, the morale gets deflated. So you want these expectations and you want to strive for the stars, but you know they got to be realistic at the same time. So We put a lot of things up on our internal board of saying, this is what we want to do. We want to diversify. We want to get to these markers. I don't know, uh, revenue-wise, really the number one goal I can share with you right now is we want to build relationships external to the company. For us, I think the most important relationship business-wise is a repeat customer. It's the recurring revenue. So I've come from a history of custom homes and stuff like that. When you build a custom home, typically it's a one-off occurrence of revenue for you for that client. We've learned from that and we, we've gone into thinking we need to create relationships and friendships with people that you know are able to bring us more than one, right? So that helps us go along our path of sustainable growth. So that's one of the things that we're definitely looking at on the external. On the internal, it's just adding to our team, bringing in more perspective, making it more dynamic. So we're construction laden. There's a lot of engineering thought and minds in our company. We'd love to be able to draw in some architectural design kind of talent and perspective as well to round out our team. And we'll never stop doing that. We'll, we'll try to bring in a lot of different perspectives and a lot of people that have different backgrounds to round out our team. Because at the end of the day, construction, if anything, is very diverse and it's very well-rounded because it's always constantly fluid in itself where it's evolving. But there's so many factors to it especially if you want to be a design builder or a GC you can't be focused on we do one thing very well you got to do a lot of things very well so I think long story short I guess long answer for you is we're, we're trying to round ourselves out we're trying to be better trying to be better people that's number one on our internal goals is and when we hire people actually We hire the person first and their education or their experience, like secondary or thirdary. So attracting good people, having a really good culture in the office and on our team that people love to come to work. And if we do that, we'll create an atmosphere where A, they feel comfortable participating. And that means that our perspective grows because you get more people feeling comfortable to share and be creative. And B, like people start loving you and loving the company and buying in and wanting to be part of it. And it's probably the most important thing of a young company I find is internally. You have to be able to draw talent, keep the talent, create a camaraderie, like a a family feel and have the employees feel like you're taking care of them and you're listening to them and and you want them to succeed. And if we all succeed individually, obviously as a team, you know, we're unstoppable and we're going to succeed. So that's our goals.
0: There's so many things that I love about your answer. And one of them you talked about was being better people. I have a colleague in the industry and I steal his line all the time. And it is his line. He came up with it. Everything he does and and everything he tries to teach is to become a better version of themselves. I think that's such an important, especially for business leaders. I mean, you know, I've met people, I'm sure you've met people. They just know everything and there's no questioning them to do it a different way. And I find the leaders that I gravitate towards and the ones that I respect and admire are the ones that, you know, say I can learn something from anyone and I can always make myself a better version, you know, better than tomorrow. And, I, and those are the people. And there is a pattern there. You know, if we're looking for clues as the name of the series, Success Leaves Clues, I see that consistently. The successful leaders are the ones that will say I can learn from anybody. I, there's, there's something to be learned. I can become a better version. And then you also talked about caring for your employees and having them feel that. And, and Costa, I'll tell you from my industry in the employee benefits industry, I see a lot of reports, you know, every year. And that is one thing that has changed over the last couple of years. Employees want to know that you care for them. And in this world, everyone's heard the great resignation and, and you're fighting for talent now. That has become really important to employees. We're seeing it across every survey that we see. Employees want to know that you actually care. So to me, as an employee benefits consultant, when I'm chatting with someone like you, that's really important. And to me, that's going to be a key differentiator from you Attracting that talent into your company versus someone else where maybe they don't feel that. So if you're creating that culture, I think that's going to pay huge dividends for you down the road.
1: That's what we're striving for. I'm glad you brought up. You know, Leaders want to learn and are open to new ideas and bettering themselves. One of the things that I've done personally that I think has contributed to where I'm at right now or my personal success is that I'm trying to build a group of individuals here that are a lot smarter than me. I love walking into a room where I'm honestly not the smartest person or there's professionals around me that know so much more in certain aspects of construction. And I really, I, I get it. I get a joy out of that because I know I'm doing something right. When I surround myself with people that I look at them, like, how do you, how do you know all this stuff? And when you surround yourself with the core group like that, yeah, you're right. You know, you, you better yourself, your the company's better for it. Your ego, it shows that your ego is not, a high priority for you you can you can be able to put yourself as basically part of a team but not the team and allow people to shine as well when when you sit there and you're humble about it and say you know i'm going to rely on you this is your specialty i'm going to rely on the other person to the left of me and to the right of me and and all that and go around the room and people draw off that people love it when they're smarter than their boss or you know then they're smarter than their leader they know more and their leader or boss Accepts it and says, Give me it, give me more. I want to hear it. I want to hear your perspective and stuff like that, right? That's a winning formula. So, yeah, I I just sorry, just wanted to touch on that because I thought that was a really kind of interesting and important point that you brought up there.
2: Yeah, I really appreciate that. And I think you're exactly right, Costa, that as an owner, as a leader, you don't know all the answers. So having good people around you is really important. So I want to finish off uh, and Robin alluded to this a little bit earlier. One of the questions we always ask, Robin talked about your drumming at the beginning. So tell us just a little bit, you know, you've talked all about, you know, the leadership and, and some of your creativity and innovation and, and staff and everything. But let's just focus on you for a second. At the end of the day, what do you do when you've got some time on your hands and it's been a long week and you need to unwind? What is it that you do to unwind?
1: That's a great question. Al In business, there's always a, a human aspect that really kind of drives the business side forward. So it's really important that when you, when you walk away from the office or when you shut the door on the business side of things, you're always opening the door, obviously, to the personal side of things. For me, I've been lucky and fortunate. I have a tremendous family. I've got an amazing wife. I've got uh, three little girls, ages seven, five, and one. For me, the downtime is just closing the office door and opening the home door, the personal door, walking through and having my, my little girls. They literally, when I open that door, they run to me and they, they jump on top of me and they all chant, Daddy dad. <laughs> so for me, I feel like, like greatness walking into my home. right? So no matter what might happen nine to five or, or whatever, it does happen. For me, the greatest thing is, is family. It, it, it gives you a balance. Uh, it gives you something to live for, something to aspire and to drive through. Like I get my fuel from my family and I just love spending time with them. So for us, it's just spending you know, as much time as we can together going on trips or or doing our own things or movie nights or something like that, pillow fights, you know, uh, story times, all that stuff. It's such a delicate kind of important time of our lives on that side of things, growing three children that I'm just trying to soak that all in. And it, it's an amazing feeling. So yeah, that's first and foremost for me. That's what I do. Robin, that
2: might be one of the best answers we've had. A hundred (laughs) percent. Especially the daddy, 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 daddy part. (laughs) Yeah. I, you know what? That's,
0: that's just pure, pure awesomeness. And I know awesomeness might not be a word, but that is just pure awesomeness. I love that story. That's so great. Well, this has been an incredible episode. Honestly, I feel blessed that we we've been put in touch with each other. We've already developed a, a really good relationship. And again, I enjoyed the first conversation. I enjoyed this one just as much. So thank you for joining us today. And and again, thank you for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at HKC Construction?
1: I'm always accessible off LinkedIn. Anybody can look me up company website hkcconstruction.com they can go on there our offices are located in mississauga anybody's welcome to to give me a call or we can set something up to meet or to talk i always love talking to people in the industry and people out of the industry just to see what their ideas and and philosophies are and stuff like that and just to communicate with people so yeah that's probably the best way
0: and if you phone costa directly you can uh, as soon as he picks up you can say costa costa Costa. All right. That does it for today's episode, folks. I really enjoyed this conversation. As always, I hope you did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. Ah, success leaves clues, my friends. And remember, it all starts with one.